And many years ago, I had the experience of grinding with an angle grinder on a big complex steel form and started to hear a celestial melody. I also realized that as I moved my grinding disc around on the surface, I could find sweet spots that caused this melody to play stronger. I had about six or eight blokes working around me and I made them all stop. And I introduced them to it and I played a performance on this angle grinder for them. One of the guys pointed out to me, when you find and activate that tone over there, this window starts to really rattle. This window goes from rattling to actually humming. The glass of the window behaving as a diaphragm. we found that other tones would make the roofing iron on the shed vibrate. We then had this background noise of the rain falling on the roof and the downpipe started to sing. And this perception that had been awakened was saying, listen in to the sound of the downpipe. Listen in to the sound of the tin on the roof. Listen in to the sound with the angle grinder. And we started to be aware that somehow one sound seemed to be communicating to every other sound and they were playing in concert. Blacksmithing, it involves banging and smacking and bashing, and it involves anvils and it involves hammers. What does metal taste like? Metal tastes like blood. But of course, you're talking to blacksmiths, so iron tastes like blood, and in fact, blood's got a lot of iron in it. It is the iron that makes the blood red. What's red steel? Red steel is steel that's come out of a fire. 
steel is cherry red at 850 degrees Celsius and everywhere from 850 degrees Celsius up to about 1200 degrees is the territory of the blacksmith's craft. Imagine this. The Earth, as I understand it, is about 90% by mass iron. And they talk about the magma being molten iron, this red iron inside the Earth. And from a blacksmith's point of view and a welder's point of view, if I consider the Earth being 90% iron and most of it being red hot, we're actually dwellers on the crusty scale of a ball of molten iron flying through space. Now, iron is also magnetic, and so when we think of the Earth having a magnetic field and we understand that we're responsive to magnetic field, we start seeing a bigger picture emerging. And in its liquid or in its malleable states, it can be dealt with, so it's sort of lending itself. It's, a, it's something that wants to be crafted. It would come as no surprise that it ends up being the substance that tools are made of and instruments are made of um, because, in a sense, it's just about the most abundant natural resource. And uh, if you talk to blacksmiths, they'll say there's a lot more forgotten about blacksmithing than is still remembered. Strange materials with names like Woots Metal. I mean, many people have heard of Damascus steel or pattern laminated steel, but Woots Metal hasn't been made for more than 2,000 years. Where are we? Well, we're sitting on my back veranda and um, we're on the eastern entry into the Kinkin village. Kinkin, for those who don't know it, is on the uh, Kinkin Creek, which is the major tributary of the Noosa River. So this is the Noosa River catchment area. We're in amongst rolling hills with gum trees and with cattle walking around. And, uh, and there are a number of sculptures in the garden. What's going on here? Well, I have a great fascination with vibration. Fleshy fingers on steel bars. When I was a kid in Toowoomba, um, we lived up at Picnic Point and it was about five miles or something to school and most often I'd ride my bike but there'd be plenty of times I'd catch a bus and this was 
something that I always hoped whenever I got on the bus that it would be going past this house. This garden stood out for me. It stood out from every other garden I knew in Toowoomba and the things were big. But what these things were, were plaster or concrete life-sized replicas and there was a what we would have called at the time a Red Indian in um, full warrior feathers all the way to the ground with the beaded stuff and everything was painted up and it was fantastic. And there was an emu and there was a kangaroo and there was a deer with antlers and and I don't know how many things there were, maybe six or seven things in his front yard. But other than that, his house looked quite normal. But all these things sort of stood out in front and they somehow or another carried a quality of a, another world, a completely other world. And the days that our school bus drove past there... I looked forward to going past his place and my head was always on sideways looking at this joint. The Milky Way is nice and milky tonight. See the cloud of the stars there? Uh-huh. Is there, a, is there a name for this one here? This, this instrument was never named. And I really can't tell you how come it never got a name. Um, and any time I thought of naming it, it really seems that uh, it's not the time. It had a time when it would have been named if it had had a name, but... This one just has avoided having a name. About 15 or so years ago, um, I lost a wife to breast cancer after a couple of years of what happens with uh, that sort of thing. She and I were working together in an extraordinary way. I also have an aspect of myself that sometimes people describe as being a bit psychic. When I first noticed this very small lump in her breast, had a a very powerful psychic experience which I found very difficult to deal with and we shared them and through sharing them our relationship grew both deeper and closer by the end of that day our lives had changed completely and totally and uh, she did a very gallant a very gallant battle with the cancer and followed all kinds of natural dietary, meditative practices, very spiritual approach, and she ultimately died. 
And we had such profound experiences at a very sacred nature that when she was gone, I was left with this tremendous sense of engagement at the deepest level with somebody that I very much loved. And the loss was something I simply had no technology to deal with. At least I felt that I had no technology, but the truth was that it was an extraordinary, profound, deeply uh, distressing, but deeply revealing experience. And in the process of looking for ways to express my grief, I had never made music particularly. I'd never contemplated making a musical instrument. But the depth of the passion that I was feeling called me to see if I could create an instrument that I could use to play the grief and the mystic sense of there being a greater meaning in all of this experience. Did you know they swing? No. So I can open up a seven meter opening. Oh. I call this the Kremlin hinge. You've heard of a parliament hinge probably. Well, this is the Kremlin hinge, the rocking revolution hinge. Come around this side. Okay. This was a thousand gallon diesel tank fuel tank from a farm and it had a rust hole in it and I picked it up for a hundred dollars at a scrap metal yard and I had it here for about a year and a half and I'd ask it every couple of days what do you want to be when you grow up and uh, finally the whole notion of dueling banjos kind of came to me and it sort of came out of the, the turmoil and the trouble of what Kinkin was going through at a particular period of change and so I cut the two ends off and just welded a plate on and used a bit of I-beam for an arm and used a bit of stainless steel balustrade um, wire for the strings. And I set up these bars both to brace the, uh, the arm and also to act as resonators. So they transfer vibration through the whole system and they create circuits. that's part of what makes these banjos dual is the fact that the vibration runs right around circuits and because there are four circuits in it the circuits sort of run at different wavelengths and then inside it I welded um, something like six or seven rattle bars and in order to bring the harmonics out I took some pieces of cattle rail and cut them to incremental lengths so they're different tones and just welded them to the to the base frame on the inside 
and then developed this Kremlin hinge, this swinging, booming hinge. And um, so I ended up with a pair of gates that I've got a seven meter opening. And uh, when it's fully closed, I can put a padlock through the hole if I want to, and it's a fully locked gate system. When visitors come and they have the experience and I ask them to listen to the sound until it stops, it gives people the experience of sort of going inside and having a little journey with the sound. And people are astonished that the sound stops and then it starts again and then it stops again and starts again and then it, it seems as if it's never going to end. And in fact, some days if there's a little breeze, it doesn't end, it just goes on kind of indefinitely. We might need a oh, we're just a bit too late. We missed the sun. We missed it. And the light shines through the middle and you get this opening and closing vortex sort of image. The moon's pretty nice. What does beauty mean? <sighs> beauty to me, in a way, is a quest. All things created in the world inherently are the embodiment of the quality of our natural world, our natural kingdom. An old saw blade, an old circular saw blade that leaned up against the shed for 25 years and got a side where the sun hit and a side where the dew sat and you flip it and on the one hand it's all beautifully red, bloody red with its rust on one side and you flip over the other side and it's pitted with the craters of the moon or as if you were looking at a telescope of Mars or something. There is a nature exposed, and in exposing itself, it's revealing the absoluteness of whatever it is and however it's come about and whatever its place is. And it's not revealing all its secrets, but it's exposing its process. And in, as an observer, to be able to witness the process of anything in creation being its own nature without disguise or without compromise. That to me, that is more the realm of beauty that has meaning for me, the beauty that may be found in a rock, not because it's a special rock or because it's the prettiest rock or because it's made of a certain kind of stone, but because it's an anonymous rock with a journey from the beginning of the stars that ended up standing at my feet and it and I have been able to meet. This bow has had a big workout this weekend. So many visitors and so many little performances.
what are we looking at here? What are we looking at? We're looking at a collection of junk called the Wanjina. I heard that that some people, when they look at these Wanjina paintings of the Aboriginals from the Owen Pelly Rangers, that they think of them as spacemen, visitors, maybe ancestral spirits. But because they got the circle around their head, it looks like they're wearing a helmet of some sort. You hear a little buzz down in the bottom there somewhere? A little tweaky little buzz. I've learned that if I do this frequency change very gently, it's not so um, abrasive on the ear. These curious harmonics start emerging. Isn't it the pitch of those two sounds? Ooh, and now something shifted, it's moved frequency. Ooh, what that? Who did that? I like, I like that one. I'll just keep exploring. Yeah. It's got a nice... Beautiful. Everything is sizzling. And even with my eyes closed, as I look into the so-called blackness, the blackness isn't that black. It's a kind of darkness that's sizzling with purples and greys and sometimes golds or different colours. But the black is a dancing. Dancing pattern of formlessness and the sizzling is in the way the light dances in the darkness or the darkness dances within itself and the sizzling well some people might say I've got tinnitus and that's possible but also in the sizzling it's as if field of energy that manifests things in which all things exist that the energy itself sings sings as electricity might sing in a wire or as sings as if light passing through air moves molecules around in such a way that a song is inherent in the movement, in the motion. So sizzling isness, in a sense, is the contemplation of emptiness. What's it like to come out here in the morning and come down into your sound garden? here on the, the big expansive stretch. How does it make you feel when you walk down here and you, you come into this place? Mm. 
I remember that when I first came here, um, I was not really a happy camper. I wasn't really knowing what I could do with my life that might be worthwhile. And I really didn't know how I could survive even the process that I was going through, but I accepted it and I allowed it. And in a sense, I honored it. And one of the things that I did on a regular basis was I would think to myself, what can I begin that I would like to see grow? So I cleaned up and I planted lots of things and I went on planting and I felt that, in a sense, I felt the wounding of the land itself and I looked the residue of the bad things or the, the disrespectful things that had happened. And I, as I cleaned them up, I was kind of cleaning up my outer world and cleaning up my inner world and I was planting seeds. Many of the sculptures that I've made, I made in order to, in a sense, personify those aspects of spirit that I could feel inside of myself. Some of them personify some of the damage and some of them personify some of the hope or some of the dream or some of the inspirations that assisted me to, to build the bridge from the place of damage and destruction to the place of dreaming, inspiration, and connectedness. so much of an education, but I have a lavish experience of observation. Everything within creation exists in a split, less than a split second of time, and that within that time is a storm of activity more powerful, more potent, more overwhelming than anything across a broader spectrum of time. As time becomes shorter and shorter and we get deeper within the moment of time, that it is that experience at that edge of it that is like the inferno at the center of the sun. Is there anything else you want to say? No, I don't really have... Um, I don't really have a message. <laughs> and, you know, in, in many regards, 
on, I can honestly say, I don't understand what I'm doing. I do have occasions when I seriously doubt the path that I'm so invested in. 